Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of I'm Not Racist. I'm one of your hosts, Monet Cook. And I'm Princess Pasqua. And today we're going to talk about the racism. racism. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what else. Today we're going to be focusing on um, the coronavirus, since that's why we're at home right now, and talk about how the virus um, has affected the lives of Asian Americans. And today we have a special guest, senior Gabby Bauman, who's going to be joining our discussion. Oh, okay. Hi, everyone. I'm Gabby. Um, I'm a senior at St. Francis, and I'm a guest on this podcast, and I'm excited. Um, Let's actually just look at some statistics real quick of what's going on. Yeah, I I bet there are some statistics out there in addition to anecdotal evidence of um, an uptick in racist behavior against Asian Americans would be my guess. So just from like looking that up, I see that the FBI just put out a warning um, about there might be a potential surge in hate crimes against Asian Americans and Asian American lawmakers um, have started talking about coronavirus related discrimination. Um, And especially before everything was shut down, we could talk about how like businesses like Chinese restaurants beat like they hit yeah. way harder than the rest of the businesses that closed down because even before the country was officially shut down they were getting less business so we could talk a little bit about that yeah um, that's a good idea we were just talking about this last night like oh we should really order more often because we've been ordering in a lot of takeout just to try and support mm-hmm. our local restaurants and we're like oh we should order in more like chinese food or tie like anywhere where we think that you know they're going to be getting less business because people are uneducated and yeah careful. um it's a small thing but yeah yeah trying to do little things like that um there was this one thing that someone it was like before the whole like lockdown and it was kind of funny because it was on tiktok and this asian guy he's like there's this thing where people walk around with their phones and they're wearing something and he gets people's reactions and this guy says he's like oh i'm wearing a mask and he's at um not the gold he's at the chase center the basketball um the warriors basketball stadium and he said, I'm wearing a, a mask and I'm getting people's reactions. And like, he's walking around and people are staring at him weirdly. And then he flips the camera around and he's wearing like a face mask, like a beauty oh. face. <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> that was just funny. Cause he just like made it into another, like a total joke. But yeah, it was just like, wow. Oh my gosh. Do you want to start? Um, okay. So there has been like a lot of posts. Like I've always been like aware of the posts and stuff like that people have been like with xenophobia and anti-Asian in just general um, ever since this whole pandemic started. But I never like realized how bad it was until I started seeing more of it on social media and until I heard about Trump saying, <laughs> oh wait, an elected official <laughs> saying um the Chinese virus which is just annoying and infuriating but like I'm also not surprised that he did do that just because of what um 
just from his past but also like when he when someone especially someone of power and someone who has like a lot of like who has social influence when someone like that says something like that it also sways the opinions of others and that continues to feed into the anti just like racism in general and just just labeling people with derogatory terms and it doesn't help in any way especially since the coronavirus is like super it's just like people aren't realizing how serious this is and like people are going out and they're hanging out and when he says something like that it just it it sheds a different not light I don't want to say light but it sheds a different like just perspective on like the issue itself because our main focus should be on finding the cure or just finding ways to like help people who are helping others like the doctors and the nurses and people like in Italy are like struggling to get through it and when someone of power says something like the Chinese virus it makes people find a reason to blame someone else and it turn it makes another problem so like it makes another problem for us or like anyone in general like there's going to be more problems for law enforcers to um protect the asian community from any like violence or harm like just anything and there was also something i saw on tiktok where someone was saying um there's a lot of things on tiktok (laughs) when it comes to these things but someone was saying how um everyone is so fast to help the um italy with their with their problem and like say that it's okay that they got it and it's okay that um they're being shut down but then they're gonna blame china and just label all asians in general and just saying that it's our fault for make like creating the disease when (laughs) like you can't really control those things you know that's just like a, a like it's just a biological thing that we just cannot control as people and it certainly isn't connected to our race and when people of power and people of social status and influence post things that are racially just racial then it feeds into the hatred and it takes away from the bigger picture of what's actually going on in the world so yeah I agree with that and to add to that I think it's like the disease itself without bringing race into anything already put our whole country in such like a frenzy and everyone's freaking out and buying toilet mm-hmm. paper and everything and like the grocery stores are empty um and so just to like add that race factor in it especially when race is already such a big issue in our country to add that on top of a pandemic is just it's not helping anything it's making it worse and like I just feel like the racial aspect of it added a whole nother layer of like mm-hmm worry and anxiety because now not only do you have to worry about like quarantining and keeping your family safe and healthy but you have to worry about as an Asian American especially how when you do go out in public because you need food like any human you're being looked Mm -hmm. at differently because a leader of our country is condemning associating this virus with racism. Yeah um if you don't mind I have a little story to go along with what both of you guys have been saying Mm -hmm. so about like how it all kind of started with like uh elected officials saying the Chinese virus 
and that has affected like or influenced a lot of people that I know personally and I actually got a text from a friend the other day saying like oh like I'm so mad like I'm furious I'm like yeah you know like this whole quarantine thing like it sucks but we got to do it and she was just like no like I'm mad at the Chinese and I was like the Chinese like what are you what are you talking about and she was like if they just would not eat bats then like this whole thing wouldn't have happened like I was just like are you kidding me like you can't just say that and like expect for me to take you seriously yeah especially when you obviously have taken no consideration as to how the virus actually spread like eat oh you can't eat bats like what yeah yeah (laughs) I was so like I was like are you kidding like with that wasn't a funny joke and she was like no like I read this thing that like their street food like it was because someone ate a bat and like they ate the bat and then there was a disease and they didn't they just gave it to everyone so it's all the Chinese fault and I'm so mad at the Chinese and I was just I didn't respond I was like I can't (laughs) talk to you like it's it's outrageous honestly what some people believe is the truth that's yeah I think it's just like an ignorance thing like yeah they're just willing to believe whatever like I feel like if like roles were switched like if the disease had originated in Italy I feel Mm -hmm. like there would have been a different global response um than now um I don't think we should really get into that since it's not what's happening and I don't want to speak things into existence or anything Mm -hmm. but it's like I think that at least in our country race has to do with a big way that we reacted to the issue um yeah I think just in our nation in general, just, like, from our past, like, we've always struggled with race and just, like, learning to work together and getting past that part of it. Like, it's just, like, and especially within the recent, like, 100-something years, like, after World War II and all that, like, um, just Asian Americans, there's always been that kind of xenophobia towards Asians in general, but especially towards the Chinese and the Japanese. Um, so it's just, and then all the, all, the, all the other Asians get that label on them too. So it's just always been a struggle in our nation dealing with that kind of thing, just race. <laughs> I was trying to find some statistics so we're not just pulling things like out of our butts. People of color being treated differently and like, medical care. Oh. Um, well, I okay. did find like the percentages of just um, people in the medical field and it was saying 69.9% are um, white and 21% is Asians, which is like interesting because hmm. actually, no, I just, it just gives you an idea of where things are. <laughs> Yeah, because I feel like if there's that big of a divide in mm-hmm. uh, racial dynamics of, like, the doctors themselves, then when you go to, like, I know personally, I've only ever had white doctors up until I had my concussion this year, and that was the first time I ever had, like, an Asian-American doctor, 
Um, yeah, so I guess that kind of goes into the history of racism and like the medical field because like my mom and I were talking about this the other day and I was watching this episode of Mixed the other day and mm-hmm. she was talking about how like black people are scared of the doctors of doctors and then she like went into the history of it and like the t- Tuskegee Airmen experiments and how like they gave all those men tuberculosis and yeah tuberculosis had to cure and then didn't cure them just because they yeah. wanted to see like what would happen and just like the different treatment kind of like we were talking earlier with like um childbirth and like um mortality rates with children of color just because of the way women of color are treated when they're in labor um wait what was that experiment called i think it was just called like the tuskegee airman experiment um yeah i don't remember what i was saying but people of color are treated differently when it comes to health care historically and as it is so i can't imagine how that might affect today's situation um especially with all the rationing we have to do i think that will definitely be something that's part of a larger conversation at a later time just because i feel like once at least the pandemic calms down a little bit we'll be able to see more of those statistics and Mm-hmm. how that all panned out and obviously it doesn't matter if you're white brown yellow black whatever like no one wants this virus no one wants to get sick no one wants to die because of this virus but I do think it's important that we look at the numbers of or information of how patients are being treated at this time hey Monet yeah so I have my sister here and she's like planning on going into the medical field and I just asked her if she had anything to say about like racism in like the medical field and she said yes is that okay if she it's a little yeah, special introduce herself. I don't have to say anything but if they want oh. me to I can <laughs> yes I guess I'm all, I look yes. so gross you can just talk into it it's just audio wait it's tell just, her yeah, to introduce herself so we're not like who is this hi um, my name's Isabel. I'm Here, Gabby's sister. Um, I'm almost done with my biology degree from the University of Washington. I'm pre-med there. And I guess if you want my two cents, there is definitely a disadvantage towards um, Black and Hispanic pre-meds especially. There's just more hurdles to overcome and I definitely think they're perceived differently in the medical community and they definitely have to unfortunately work harder compared to white or even Asian students. Um, Yeah, is is that what the podcast is about? Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. and I also think it's important to think about like intersectionality when looking at these issues. There's a lot that goes into it, um, including like socioeconomic status, um, gender, um, sexual orientation, and it's just, it's a pretty complex issue that should be looked at from multiple viewpoints. Um, But I am cautiously optimistic in like what schools are trying to have special programs to encourage uh, minorities to apply. So while there's a lot of work to do, it, it looks like from an outside perspective, someone who's 
thinking of applying to medical school in a couple years, it seems like people are trying to make an effort at least. We'll see how effective that is, but that's my two cents. Thank you. Um, yeah, I think you brought up something that I've actually been thinking about because I'm thinking about going to med school, but obviously first I have to go to college. Um, and so that's a big part of my decision, like if I'm going to feel supported throughout mm-hmm. undergrad so that I can reach my goals. Um, so like I have a couple of HBCUs on my list and towards the top of my list, just because like something my mom and I were actually talking about yesterday is like, I know if I go to those schools, they will support me and I will know what I need to know and learn what I need to do and learn what I need to do, learn what I need to know so that I can go and be successful later on in life. And I know I'll be surrounded by people who uplift me. Whereas another school might have like a better bio or pre-med program in general, but it might not be the best fit for me just because as an African-American, I won't get the support I need to get through that program. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, best of luck to everyone with your college decisions. I know it can be a stressful time, um, but yeah, good luck with everything. And thanks. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you. <yeah. laughs> It was good to hear that from her because it's just like personal experience and stuff, you know. Like yeah. other than saying like, oh, I read like online. It. Yeah. <sighs> so to shed some light onto all of this, um, there has been a lot of just like Asian Americans who do have social influence, namely like actors and stuff, um, mm-hmm. who are on the like just who are famous and stuff um there was one asian american actor one of my favorites he was tested positive for um coronavirus um a couple weeks ago and he was just he's and he posted like this igtv thing and i shared it with um you Monet, and mrs anderson and with jjw oh and is that what you shared with us Mm-hmm. it's like a 10 minute video but it was like the do- the article I sent you was just kind of like an overview of what he said and he was basically saying like although it's a scary thing um like he he believes he can get past it but he wanted to talk about just like just like the xenophobia towards Asian Americans in general and he was just telling people um to stop the violence because there has been like reported violence and to stop the racism and I think when people, um, especially like people who have social influence and who can impact other people's opinions when they post things like that, it makes things a little bit easier for everyone to get through it, you know, because it's not just, it's not just, I think, the Asian Americans that are suffering. It's also like the friends and families of those Asian Americans, like who obviously aren't, who aren't doing these like hate crimes, you know, so it's, it's it positively impacts others and it encourages that good attitude and good action towards Asian Americans in general. So I've seen a lot of good things so far only because I've been looking to the good things. I don't really want to focus on the bad things because just quarantine in general is very depressing. So yeah. Um, Yeah, I feel like a lot of people have been really like negative during this time so it's good to emphasize the positive things because there Mm -hmm. is a lot of positive it's just hidden beneath everything else yeah yeah okay 
Yeah, I have to wonder if this, everything that's happening is maybe moving the conversation forward too, um, and including Asian Americans in the conversation about um, equality um, in our country. I, ho I yeah. hope that it ends up being, being a positive, that the pain that people are suffering right now from being discriminated against, that because there's a, also been, like you said, like a backlash against that kind of talk. Yeah. Um, so maybe it'll make people more aware that this is happening um, in general, I hope. Yeah, because I think yeah. this virus has brought to light a lot of issues with America, like homeless crisis, healthcare crisis, um, the way we treat people in general and the way we react to a nation when something mm -hmm. goes wrong. Um, mm -hmm. And I've been talking to like some friends and we're all saying that like, I don't see how we can go back to the way things used to be before this once we get past it, just because like today with the like $2 trillion, whatever the Senate did, it's like you guys just pulled $2 trillion from where? And it's like, if we can do that when things like this happen, I think that's kind of a sign that we haven't been doing everything we need to be doing to progress as a nation. Um, but now that we see we can do it, I don't think people are going to let their elected officials just get away with not doing what needs to be done. Um, just thank you for listening. Um, stay safe, stay healthy, you know, don't go out. It's the only way we can get past this. We just gotta social distance ourselves. Um, so yeah. Thank you. See you guys later. Yeah.